Welcome to KC Corner, episode 45, and you're all cozied up over there. I the am blankie. all cozied up. You know, it's a, it's a, a big man with a blanket on uh, up here in my study. It gets a little cold. It was 39 this morning. Yeah, again, I see frost on the roof over there, over your shoulder. You know, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a freezing morning here. It is. It is. It's Christmas time. The it most is. wonderful it time of the year. It'll definitely be like 83 on Christmas Day. But that's oh, right. I know. Hopefully not. But And you're repping the Bills hat. Yes, the Bills' big win. First win on Monday Night Football in this century. (laughs) Hey, did you see the statistics on Monday Night Football that they said that they are the only team in the NFL who have not won in this century? It's You know what else they've done is the whole four Super Bowls thing. Oh, gosh. I haven't won one of those in a while. Or ever, I guess. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. That depressed you, right? Hey, can we go back to Christmas, man? It's the most it's wonderful Christmas time, time Play- The Bills the are playoff bound. I the Bills so. are playoff bound. Yeah, exactly. Josh <laughs> Allen looks good. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Second week of Advent. Second week of Advent. What do we have? You know, we, we talked about what I meant to say in this the, re, the arrival as we look through the lens of Isaiah. And it kind of blows me away every time I think about it, Brooks, is the reality is here's... Here's a prophet of God that lived 700 years before Jesus's arrival, and he he lived in a difficult time. I mean, he was writing in a time where um, you know some of God's people were in exile. Um, Israel was in exile. Judah was about to go into exile, which is really bad. I mean, this is worse than just a a global pandemic. I mean, that's that's horrible, but. You know, they, these people are removed from their homeland. They, uh, it feels like the promises of God have come to an end. And you think of what was happening when he was writing this and what he was writing, what he was promising a, a Messiah who would come and one who would be called a wonderful counselor, one who would be called a mighty God, one who would be called everlasting father, one who would be called the Prince of Peace and that there would be no end to his government on his shoulders. And, um, and, and boy, what an incredible promise and what a huge promise in the midst of darkness. I mean, the contrast between their reality and God's promises, I think in, in some ways we, we feel the same. I mean, the, the difference between the Prince of Peace has come. Where is the peace? You know, the wonderful counselor has come. I mean, how come God's plan isn't better than this right now um, when we look at it through our own circumstances? And you know, what was promised and what was delivered, even the contrast between a mighty God and a little baby born in a manger is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, on Sunday, I talked about 10 years ago, it was that those Chilean miners uh, that had to be rescued through that capsule. And what a cool Mm -hmm. story that was. And what an amazing story of, of rescue. And I think we all love stories of rescue. We love you know, plans of getting people out, whether that's through Navy SEALs or whatever. And, uh, but the greatest story of rescue, <laughs> Siri's talking to yes. us. The, the, the great, the greatest story of rescue is, uh, is God's plan. And it's, you know, rescuing us in Christ Jesus. And you think here is this wonderful counselor. Here is the mighty God. Here is the everlasting father, the Prince of peace. And he's lying in a manger or in Mary's arms. And, uh, wow, it's, it's incredible. And really, what I what I meant to say last week is just the uh, the joy and the excitement and the enthusiasm of what God has delivered in Christ Jesus, and um, He has come through. And golly, you know, the the fullness of that peace hasn't arrived yet. I mean, the fullness of the plan hasn't unfolded. But what an incredible story! 
I like how Isaiah uses some different terms, not just like a leader or just a savior, just like a dictator to, you know, rule over us. He's our counselor. He's our mighty God, our prince of peace. You know, he uses some very descriptive terms there that are all loving, that also can guide us, that he is also our savior and almighty. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, uh, (laughs) words that use to describe our God, they'll never be enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we also put that with the first week when we looked at he is going to be born of a virgin and, you know, just, you know, what is to come and the fulfillment of all of that is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how, how are you going to top it this next time? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if you can top it, Brooks, um, because uh, the truth be told is, is that I have preached Isaiah 9 um, in Isaiah 7 in previous Advents. Uh, this week, we're going to go to Isaiah 11. And uh, I have never preached on uncharted territory, uncharted territory. (laughs) And it's going to talk about something called the root of Jesse or the stump of Jesse. And now that's, you know, we'll have to unpack that a bit, but that is going to refer to Jesse is, is, uh, is is David's father. Yes. Yes. That's Jesse with an IE. Todd's wife. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, In the Bible, Jesse uh, is David's father. And so when it talks about uh, the stump or the root of Jesse, it's, it's pointing us back to this promised line of a king, um, King David, and one who's going to be greater than him. But um, it's it's incredible. It says, hey, one's going to be coming, and, and the Spirit of God will be upon him. And the result of this is that, you know, the lion and the lamb are going to lay down together. I mean, it just there, there's just going to be this incredible peace that is going to come. And, um, and it uses some unusual language. It talks about a stump from Jesse or, or uh, a root of Jesse. It's all, sometimes refers to as a branch as well. What in the world is going on? What is a stump? What what kind of shoot is coming out of a stump? And all I want to say to get people ready is think of Charlie Brown Christmas, you know? <laughs> I mean, out of the worst uh, Christmas tree ever, you know? Um, how can there be joy? And how can there be life out of what seemingly is dead? And as seemingly that is that is gone. And so um, it's a promise that life will come uh, out of that which looks like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and that life that's going to come is is going to be Christ. And what I, what I love, Brooks, is again, we mentioned it earlier in this, is that um, Isaiah was writing in a dark time. I mean, it was a very, very dark time. And and out of that darkness, out of what seemed to have zero opportunity for growth, God was going to show up in an amazing way. Mm-hmm. That's how it usually happens, too. Yeah, isn't that great? It's amazing. Our God is so good. He's uh, so good. So moving on to chapter three of our book, Transforming Grace, we keep giving our listeners homework. Exactly. Come on. And I hope you guys are, are, are keeping up with us, at least listening. And again, thank you so much for being a part of Casey Cornerland. But I love chapter three. I mean, it really emphasizes this amazing grace and Uh, It it talks about the contrast between our depravity and God's grace. And I I think, Brooks, I want to start there, is that grace is never going to be that amazing to us as long as we think that we're amazing, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that um, oftentimes we compare ourselves to people around us and we we want to feel about ourselves as that we're not that bad, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not as bad as others or, you know, there's, there's, there's good things in us and... 
um, although God has made us in his image and he's given us gifts, the reality is, especially spiritually, I mean, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And, you know, there's this contrast between our ruin and God's remedy that that Bridges does a really nice job pulling out. And our ruin is that there is no one who is righteous. There is, in God's eyes, there's no righteousness in us. And the remedy, the remedy is absolutely amazing. And it's this, is that God is going to give us by his grace through the work of his son. Now watch this. He's going to give us God's righteousness. It's, 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 it's not even the righteousness of man. It's the righteousness of God. And, and wow, is that not just absolutely amazing? And, you know, the, the reality that because of what Jesus has done in his life and specifically in his death on the cross, that he's turned away God's wrath from us. I mean, he absorbed it fully so that God's favor can be turned toward us. And that's just absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. When I first started reading this book, <clears throat> my mom asked me what it was about. And I just basically said, like, it's going to sound depressing. It's like, we're all messed up. We're all, <laughs> yeah. you know, it sh shows you that it's not climbing up a ladder. And once you get to a certain point, you're good. Or it's a race against other people or anything like that. It's we're all broken and all need a savior. And we're no better than anyone else. And again, sounds a little, you know, depressing or whatever. But it's true. And it's actually uplifting knowing that everyone's in the same place. And it's not a race. And, and not only is everybody in the same place, but in that place, that starting point of where we all are is is hopeless. I mean, it's, it's lifeless. It's, mm -hmm. we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And I think, you know, grace wasn't so amazing to me growing up. Um, I knew that I had a savior that will get me across the finish line when life was over, but I didn't realize how much I needed a big savior in the beginning. I mean, you know, I, I, by God's grace, grew up in a Christian home. I embraced Christ at an early age and I, I didn't really probably feel like I, I was that bad. I didn't feel like, uh, that I, I needed a very big savior. I didn't really probably think about that reality, but it wasn't until I realized my natural spiritual condition apart from Christ, that we are by nature children of wrath. We are by nature those who are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are by nature apart from Christ without any hope. And when, when, you, when you realize that, when you contrast uh, of, of what... Uh, where we were apart from Christ. That's that's when grace becomes amazing. So I, I want to start beginning, and I love how Bridges unpacks that, is, um, you know, you got to start with the bad news. And people don't want to hear the bad news. But then the bad news is hor horrible. I mean, it's... We're, <laughs> the worst we're, news. It's, it's, it's absolutely, it's terrible. I mean, um, there's no one who is good. No, not one, you know. And so... Um, and I, I think it once we God gives us even the grace to see our natural condition apart from Him, it makes the reality of who we are in Him all the more incredible and gracious. And if that's our starting point, we realize that salvation, Brooks, is all of God. I mean, we can't even participate in it. Um, it has to be his idea. I mean, dead men don't come up with an idea like this. You know, it has to be his execution. Jesus had to come and do what only he could do, fulfill the law, absorb God's wrath so he could separate the sins as far as the east is from the west and put them behind his back and deal with that. And, and it, how absolutely incredible um, and how amazing is that grace uh, that he has done for us. And the Holy Spirit comes and applies that to our lives. And so you know, this salvation of our great God, it's, it's, 
Salvation is of the Lord, it says in Psalm 3, and, and it is so true. It's his idea, it's his execution, and it's his application, and it's all by his grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the last thing with that chapter that I liked was his description of how far the east is from the west. And I never thought about it, but it said if you start walking in one direction going east, you'll literally never go west around the earth. Like if you start walking north, you'll eventually hit the North Pole and start going south. Yeah, yeah. But east and west, you just never start going the other direction. Yeah, I never thought of that either. And I have to admit, I still don't know if I get it fully. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I was trying to picture that. Even when you said that, yeah, you will. Won't you, won't you eventually walk around and, and come back around? But... Um, but as far as the east is from the west, I mean, how amazing is that? And, you know, so there's, there's a couple things. You know, I think that we miss this amazing grace because we don't realize that how much we need it, that we're not amazing, that he is. But I also just realize is that God's forgiveness is full and complete. And I think we, we forget that. I think that's where we miss some of the amazing grace parts because we feel like um, it might be exhaustible grace that man, I've messed up so much. How could God keep forgiving me? And, mm-hmm. and I think when we, when we forget that God's grace and uh, uh, forgiveness is absolutely complete in Christ Jesus. I mean, when he said it's finished, it's finished. We don't have to live in this fear, this fear that God's going to change his mind about us, this fear that there's something that's going to stick to us. That's going to de- de- define us. There's mm-hmm. something that we have done or said or thought or whatever that ultimately is going to be between us and a holy God. And, um, and then we live in guilt and we live in shame and then our head goes down and then, or on the other side of that is then we start working, trying to make our own righteousness good enough. And, um, you know, it's, it's living in the reality that God's forgiveness in Christ Jesus is absolutely complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is such freedom there, Brooks, you know, and there's days that we feel it when we feel close to God. And there's days that we don't when we uh, feel like the world has gotten between God and ourselves. But the reality, if, if, if we are in Christ um, and if his forgiveness is that total, complete and unconditional, wow, are we free and, and living that reality? That's where that's where grace gets amazing and you were free from accusations i mean how many of us live with just even the accusations of ourselves i mean that how we accuse ourselves of being you know and i i, I did that for years of, of all the things that i'm not and so you know i think that there's there's in uh, in um again the book does a great job with this but we can believe in amazing grace or are you living by amazing grace and i I really want to live it. And I'd love for our people in the KC Cornerland. This is this is such good news to live this amazing grace. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, we like the book. We like this yeah. chapter. <laughs> which which is great. And you know what? I got I got one more thing with this Brooks is that uh you know, I, I thought about when he was talking about how scripture talks about God dealing with our sin and how the east is from the west is he's he's talked about or he hurls it into the sea he mentioned or mm-hmm. he hides it behind his back. Or he chooses to remember it no more. I, I love the contrast. He's He quotes somebody else. I can't remember who he quotes. It's toward the back. But he says there's, I think it was, it was uh, I think it was a counselor by the name of Adams. I might be wrong. But he says, forgetting can kind of naturally happen, but choosing not to remember is, mm-hmm. is much yep. more active. And choosing not to remember is choosing not to bring it back up. And I think that was so important. And I love the way he landed because when he... Uh, was describing uh, about how, um, 
you know, God has, has hidden our sins for us and how to, I started thinking, wow, we got to do that with others. And that's where he ended. He ended showing grace to others. And here's my point is that how often do we bring people's sins back up to them? And, you know, in first Corinthians 13, when you get this, what love is, it keeps no records of wrong. And especially those who are married and those in long relationships, or maybe with your family, um, do you choose to remember the sins of those around you? And I'm sure some of those sins have wounded you deeply. And I'm sure that uh, the sins of others have oftentimes uh, shaped our experiences. Um, and how, how, do we, how do we choose not to remember them? I mean, again, I, I think the reality is, I don't think this is burying our head in the sand. I don't think this is um, not saying that sin is sin but it is choosing not to remember. And I, I, I thought of the analogy that he uses, um, that he closes with, that Jerry Bridges closes with, is that how do we give grace to others? You know, if God has forgiven us so much, how do we not forgive one another? And if if he's wiped the, the slate clean from me, um, who am I to keep bringing back up to others what, what they have done? So, um yeah, a great way to live. Let's live not just believing it, but being free. Let's live our lives this way. Let's treat one another uh, in this reality. I mean, how beautiful would that be? Absolutely. Absolutely. So any updates <clears throat> in King's Chapel world? I know the the text or the email went out for signing up for the Christmas Eve service. Yes, the Christmas Eve service. That's a big thing is if uh, you're listening and we would love for you to come to a Christmas Eve service and this crazy COVID Christmas season. Um, we need to know how many... That was a nice alliteration. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, we need to know uh, how many folks are going to come to Christmas Eve. And listen, I hope it's masses, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And uh, But it, once we get close to that century mark, we're going to have a second service. So if you will please uh, sign up for that, um, you know, you, you can do so. Um, uh, you've got an email uh, or you can email me at pastorjeff uh, at kingschapelfl.com. And just let us know. Uh, also, this Sunday, uh, we're going to have our luncheon. Our KC family luncheon is coming up this Sunday. We're going to have our, our famous uh, Publix box lunches, <laughs> um, which is both safe and, and tasty. Mm-hmm. And so, Very tasty. Uh, which is great. Seven bucks uh, for a person, $20 family max we've thrown on. So come and join us. Right after worship, we're going to have that. Um, let me think if there's anything else, Brooksy. Um I can't think of anything else right now. Come to the but... Christmas Eve service with a nice festive Christmas mask. How about that? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We we you know we will have asked people to wear masks uh, on the way in, and and might even depending on the crowd, just have them keep it on. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly a different time, mm-hmm. a different season, but it's in in a sense, it's the same reality and beauty that our savior came into this brokenness came into the pandemic to set us free Mm -hmm. just not sitting next to each other (laughs) (laughs) loving one another in christ but social distance exactly that's all we got this week see you sunday all right looking forward to it